Hey there. Before the show starts, I just want to take a moment to shout out my wonderful Buy Me a Coffee sponsors for this month. First, we have Robbie Miles, who's the author of Don't Call at All. It's a middle grade horror book, kind of similar to Goosebumps. Robbie is a great friend, and this is his debut horror novel, and it's receiving great reviews. So you need to find it on Amazon. So just go look for Don't Call at All, or follow Robbie on Twitter or Instagram at RobbieMiles1445. There's also Raj, who's at It's All Retro on Instagram. On his Instagram profile, he features various books from Goosebumps to Point Horror with some throwbacks to movies and TV shows from the 80s and 90s, and you should definitely check it out. Again, that's at It's All Retro on Instagram. Thank you both for your support, and if you want to find out more information or wish to connect, their info is included in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to sponsor the show, and I hope you do, you can find me at buymeacoffee.com slash DustinCanRead. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to the show. And now on to Dustin Can Read, The Babysitter's Club, The Summer Before. But it's like, I thought I'd test it out tonight and see... That's fine. What it's like. <laughs> I totally understand. Totally understand. I'm sorry. I'm doing. I'm going to end up picking up your accent one day. And you're be like, "What are you doing, Dustin?" <laughs> no, like, I love it. Don't know. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I sounded that posh, though. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I I, I I have like a mix of like all different kinds of English accent if I try to do one so you're gonna be like where are you from I don't know <laughs> all over I'm from all over oh I've been practicing my American so I'm like oh hey hey guys <laughs> hi my name is Shelley of Tales Point Harbor book club on Instagram and today Dustin and I will be reading something a little bit lighter than what I usually read um with the babysitters club the summer before by Anne M. Martin. So let's start this recap off with a theme song, shall we? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Welcome to Dustin Can Read, where I don't give a fuck if I hurt a kid's feelings today. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> today I'm joined by Shelly of the Point Horror Book Club, Tales of Point Horror Book Club on Instagram. Hiya. She writes a reading blog on her website, which is talesofyesterday.co.uk, and yeah. also hosts a monthly book club chat on Instagram Live. Again, that's at Tales Point Horror Book Club. Now, normally she reads all about point horror, of course, but this time I suckered her into watching and reading uh, The Babysitter's Club, watching The Babysitter's Club on Netflix to get her caught up. And I think I hooked her, you guys. I think I hooked her. You definitely so. did hook me, Justine. I'm, I'm like a full con converted to The Babysitter's Club. I'm so glad that you asked, you picked this book for us to read and you, you oh, good, good. in the direction of the, the TV series. Yes. And, you know, the, the Netflix series is a great adaptation of the book series. And um, that means, so you never read the original books, correct? No, never. OK, well, just to let you know, they do have like mystery 
episodes basically oh. of the books, like special mystery super specials that they have. So those might be a little bit, you know, a little more quote dangerous. I mean, they're, gonna be, they're, they're like 12 and 13 year old kids. So that's not gonna be that bad, but <laughs> you never just... like me some danger. <laughs> <laughs> well, say hello to your new friend, Shelly. <laughs> yeah. Say hello to your friends, babysitters. No, I'm definitely, definitely converted. hundred percent. Good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, for this episode, we read the prequel book for the Babysitter's Club, The Summer Before, by the original author, Anne M. Martin. In case you're under a rock, the BSC books are all about young girls discovering themselves, supporting each other, and learning what makes them different can actually make their world a better place. However, for those not familiar with the basic characters in the universe, I'm going to give you a little breakdown real quick. First, we're going to start off with Christy Thomas, the eventual president of the Babysitter's Club. Christy grew up with a single mom and three brothers. She tends to be more sport-oriented and a bit of a judgmental hard-ass. The old-school toxic description of her would be a bossy tomboy, basically. Next, there is Marianne Spear, Christy's next-door neighbor and best friend. Marianne's a quiet girl who tends to let others walk all over her. She's very sweet but meek. She ends up being the club's secretary because she's used to staying in the background and observing. And across the street from those two lives Claudia Kishi, the artistic one of the group. Claudia is known for her self-expression through fashion. She has a huge fan base because of this and because she's one of the first kid characters in modern pop culture to be Asian American. There's even a Netflix special called The Claudia Kishi Club. You can check it out to see how her influence has affected many over the years. I highly recommend this. She becomes the BSC vice president because, well, basically she holds the club meetings in her house and they're using her personal telephones to as the club hotline, so to book the babysitter jobs. Finally, there's Stacy McGill. Now in the books and the Netflix series, we find out that Stacy has moved to town from New York City. She is closest to Claudia, uh, the first friend that she makes when she arrives. She has diabetes, and other than being a more sophisticated member of the club, she's also great with numbers, so that makes her a natural to be the club treasurer. Now that you're all caught up with the characters, let's get into this book. So Shelly, would you like to start us off by reading the blurb description of The Summer Before? Yeah, of course, no problem. Um, before there was the Babysitter's Club, there were four girls, Christy, Marianne, Claudia and Stacy. As they start the summer before seventh grade, each of them is on the cusp of a big change. Christy is still hung up on hoping that her father will return. Marianne has to prove to her dad that she's no longer a little girl. Claudia is navigating her first major crush. Stacy is leaving her entire New York City life behind discover how the four become friends and that friendship grows into a very special club thanks that was great <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so this go around i decided we should go back to an old-fashioned book recap with our immature adult commentary 
Yeah. For a while, I was just doing kind of a summary and we discussed different things in the books. But now we're going to go through the entire book. So that's why this episode is basically a super special, (laughs) kind of like the Babysitter's (laughs) Club. And it's going to be a little bit longer, but that's okay. So you can pause it and come back to it later if you don't finish it right away. have fun along the way. (laughs) Yes. And afterwards, be sure to stick around because Shelly and I are going to do a BuzzFeed quiz that she found. And uh, we're going to find out which member we were most likely to be. <laughs> if we I, are, I feel the... like we're going to be disappointed, Dusty. <laughs> oh we're all going to be like, we're Claudius. We're all Claudius. And we're, we're all, all Claudius. Yeah. And... yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna... our souls are going to be crushed. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so here we go. Into the book. Each chapter of the book is told from a first-person perspective of one of the girls, just like every other Babysitter's Club book. In the beginning, an older Christy starts us off with a flashback. How old is she when she is when she's writing this, I wonder? So, so since the books came out and they started coming out in 1986 and she was 12 from the jump of those, yeah. that would make her, if we go with that timeline, that would make her around 36, 37 when this book came out in 2010. So I only say this because there's no mention of mobile phones or even the internet in the in this prequel. So it must yeah. be from the 1986 viewpoint is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Good. As usual, this takes place in good old Stony Brook, Connecticut, where we assume all the well-to-do kids grew up. It's that's <laughs> Connecticut for you. That's what we we know Connecticut as. It's just a really high, you know, high-end place. Okay. As adult, yeah. Adult Christy introduces us to a time before the founding of the actual BSC, simpler times before hormones got in the way. It's kind of sappy, but I digress. Now, on to the flashback to the end of sixth grade. While waiting for Claudia to clean out her locker at the last minute, Christy tells Marianne an old saying of her grandmother's. School's out, school's out, teacher wore her bloomers out. Mary Ann is all, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, she was like kind of standing there like, huh? what the hell is she going on about? <laughs> I know. She and of course, either. <laughs> yeah, I know. Christy's just BSing. She's just kind of, she doesn't know what it means. And I think it's kind of akin to how funky is your chicken cheer? I don't know if you ever heard anything like that. Have you heard no. that? That was no. an old thing. It's an old cheerleading thing. Like, how funky is your chicken? How funky <laughs> is your chicken? How loose is your goose? Our goose is totally loose. Like that's kind oh, of one that you're like, what? What are you, you know, that, I don't think kids today even know that cheer. <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. Just <laughs> Well, that's an American cheerleader thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that Claudia is already subtly ditching them for more girly girls at lunch and also mm-hmm. boys. Ew, ew, boys. Ew, boys, boo. Yeah. And Christy, we find out, is a daddy's girl, completely disregarding that her dad is a deadbeat that has little to nothing to do with her and her brothers. She even says he sends money when he feels like it. Poor girl. I mean, I rewatched the the Babysitter's Club movie from the 90s a while back, and I don't know if you knew there was a movie, but there was. Um, I did. You should look it up. It's on Amazon Prime here. I don't know where it is over there, but. Oh, I'll have a look. Yeah. Um, and it has um, uh, Rachel Lee Cook from She's All That. She plays Marianne. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Al- uh, Larissa Olenek, who played Alex Mack on Nickelodeon. Um, yeah. She plays Dawn. So. Oh, I need to check that out. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in the movie, it's a really sad story for Christy and her dad. They kind of do this whole thing and it, you'll see it. I, I know you'll probably check it out at some point. Definitely. 
So as I stated before, these girls are all neighbors. Christy even speculates if her parents all lived near each other when they grew up at one point. And now that's the book I want to see, like BSC, the first generation kind of thing. You know, Anne and Martin, get on it. Get on it. I want to read that. Heard it here first. (laughs) Yes. Christy's not liking that her mother is moving on from her father with this rich guy, Watson. Six dates already? (laughs) She says that, you know. I wonder if they've banged at this point. That's what I want to know. (laughs) If her mom's like, yeah, we've gotten it on. In the show, mom. The second date. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the show, Alicia Silverstone, Alicia Silverstone is is the mom and Watson is played by Mark Firestein and they're both kind of hot. They're both kind of good looking people. Oh, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them hook up, you know? Well, so again, Ann and Martin, we need to make a spinoff for the parents <laughs> called BSC parental <laughs> advisory suggested. <laughs> I think the description of Watson, like in this book though, is like, I think Christy describes him as like some bald headed man. <laughs> yeah. He's balding and everything. Point. But yeah, that could just so, be, you know, hyperbole, you know, kind of stretching the truth. Yeah. I don't know. She doesn't <laughs> want to give him a chance like her brothers do. She's really cold to him. And this doesn't end with this book, by the way. <laughs> She's cold for a while to this guy. She yeah. does not warm up him right away. Later, she decides to write her father a letter. And she leaves out info about Watson in hopes that her dad will come back to his family. Fat chance, kid. And she doesn't remind him of her birthday coming up in August because, you know what? He should remember on his own. And she's right. She's right. He should yeah. remember on his own. I totally get that. And, you know. Yeah, but... I really thought that was really quite an emotional line. Um, it really kind of like hit hit home kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so the phone rings and Mrs. Pike with her eight kids needs two babysitters for a couple of days in a couple of days for all of them. Like, okay. There's eight kids and you need two 12 year old girls, like, or almost 12. Like, so I think that she needs more like three or four sitters myself, but you know, that's but just, Mrs. I think she's crazy. Mrs. Pike phoned Christy second. She phoned Claudia first and then Christy second. So she wasn't even first choice. Christy wasn't. I know you would think, you would think. <laughs> But Claudia can't do it. So she's like, no. hey, Christy, can you like find me somebody else as well? And so Christy's like, I can try to ask Marianne. And, you know, she calls Marianne, who's kind of reluctant, but she says she'll talk to her overbearing father tomorrow. That's what she oh, said. Oh, so overbearing. No, he is. Oh. So switching perspectives, we go to Marianne and she feels trapped under her father's assumption that she'll remain this little girl forever. She isn't even allowed to update her babyish pink room since her dad decorated it when he, she was like two two like really dad really come on never grow up (laughs) we find out that her father raised her on her own since her mom died and i could see where this overprotective strict nature comes from from you know but this man needs to get a grip you know he doesn't want to lose her i get that but he needs to get a grip like i definitely want a prequel for how you know just for the parents just to show this father before the mother passed away i want to see how he was i'm sure her mom was a free spirit you know and you know, now he's scared of Marianne becomes like her mom, this free spirit doing stuff on her own that maybe she'll leave him too or something, I'm sure. But he's got to let it go. He's he, She's going to resent the hell out of him. Yeah, because he like he chooses her clothes that she wears. He makes a check in with him like all the time. She leaves the house every time she leaves the house. She has to have her hair in pigtails. Yeah, the she braided has to have, pigtails. Yeah, the hair in pigtails. It was just it was quite full on, really. It was almost a bit. Like oppressive, 
Is that right? Yeah, word? definitely. But, definitely. Oh, yeah, it was it was very um very strange. <laughs> I like how in the show we find out the reason why he did the pigtail thing, because that's the only way that his that her mother showed her him how to yeah. do the hair. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Anyway. So she doesn't wake up in time to ask him about babysitting before he leaves for work. You know, though she's adamant, he's going to say no. She, he's not going to let me do it, but I'm going to ask, but he's not going to let me. He has her trained well, like you said. She calls him mm-hmm. immediately to check in and then locks all the doors just in case someone tries to get in. I'm like, girl, you yeah. are in Connecticut. You are <laughs> fine. Calm down. There's like no crime. I'm sure there is nowadays, but especially in the 80s, like you're fine. <laughs> I was like, that's very sensible. Close, like making sure all the doors are locked. That's something I would do. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not saying that she there. shouldn't, but you know, at the same time, like it's like she has to double check her. I'm sure he double checked before he left, like yeah, locking her yeah. in the house. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> Ooh. Oh yeah. We find out that she's secretly been going into the attic, and she found mm. this box of her mother's. Her mother's name is Alma, and she finds it, and it's like she's been going through it in secret to find out more about her. It's a bit more rebellious for her than I was expecting. So good for her. Yeah. Um, her dad doesn't speak about her mother at all. So that's why she's doing this, you know, except for the only time he does speak about her is at prayer at dinner time when he says grace. He says a prayer for her, yeah. which I think is nice, but it's kind of sad that he shuts her out about that. Yeah, definitely. So in the box, she's got these, she gets these four dolls out of her mother's box and um, she decides to make new clothes for them when Christy comes over to check, you know, like, Hey, um, did you ask your dad about the babysitting? And she's like, yeah, I haven't yet. And I'm like, of course you haven't. <laughs> Marianne like, asked. Co- Sorry. Chris, I was just going to say, Christy comes in quite bossy. Like, have you done it yet? <laughs> like almost well, like. She's always eager. Yeah. <laughs> like, Have you done it? Have you done it? God, uh, your dad's then- so overbearing. Like, I'm like, why do you say, you know, I would, I know. <laughs> I was taught not to talk, speak ill of somebody's parents to them, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, she has no filter when it comes she to just, this. She's like, she just says what comes out of her mouth and uh, that's it. Anything, anything that crosses her mind, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Marianne asks her for help for sewing new clothes for the dolls. But of course, Christy is not interested in girly stuff like that. No, at all. she just wants but to does, play outside. <laughs> she does help a little bit. She's like, hey, well, why don't we go to Claudia? She's the artistic one. She might be able to, you know, think of stuff. She loves fashion and all that. So, you know, at least she's trying to help in that regard. So they step outside to go to Claudia's when they see her about to leave for an art class with another wild outfit. So, Shelly, will you read the little blurb describing Claudia? Yeah, of course. I just want to point out that this whole scene, I imagined it like slow-mo style, like, you know, like in Sex and the City when they do like slow-mo walk down the road. That's how (laughs) I imagined this, like in a slow-mo um, with Claudia kind of like getting in the car. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but it just it's just the way it came across. Hey, whatever hey, whatever helps you process the scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at Claudia, said Christy breathily. Claudia was wearing willowy black pants cinched at the waist with a drawstring and a boldly patterned summer shirt with ties that she was adjusting around her midriff. Her midriff would have been bare, but Claude had slithered into a lacy black tank top before she put on the shirt. On her feet were delicate silvery sandals and her hair was long and thick, was held away from her face with two silver cones. Wow, I echoed, I don't think the dolls should dress like that. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> no. No. You could just imagine so like, it like well, slow mo style, like a, yeah, like a big fashion person coming down. Especially <laughs> since yeah, that whole description was like from head to toe. This is what she's yeah. wearing, you know. And they just kind of barely just mention anybody else. <laughs> they always go into such detail for Claudia's clothes. It's awesome. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> So later on, Marianne butters up her dad kind of with this like fancy dinner, even though it's hamburgers and peas and salad. Um, <laughs> you know, she kind of makes, puts it in the dining room, has the nice napkins out. She wants him to feel like prop, you know, really nice. And, and he immediately says no to her babysitting, like right off the bat, because even though they are the same age, she isn't as mature as Christy. And that's kind of an asshole thing to say to your daughter. That's yeah. That's like, that's mean. Just plain mean. <laughs> I it didn't is. like Marianne's dad at all. I did in the TV show because he got more character development. But in the book, oh, yeah. I was like, no. He's very much one note and... in the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, a good thing for her is that she retorts and is like, you know what? My teachers say, you know, I'm mature and I'm reliable and responsible. And she talks about how her school, you know, she gets her schoolwork done. And, and even Claudia gets to sit. I'm like, exactly. Claudia fails all the time in school. She's horrible in school. <laughs> I'm like, wait a stick up for yourself, girl. Get him. Yeah, go Marianne. <laughs> yeah. He finally relinquishes and agrees. Of course, he has conditions, but she won this first battle for her autonomy. So good for her. Yeah. On to Claudia's perspective. Yay, I like Claudia. <laughs> I do too. I assume it's the next day, but she is secretly planning a co-ed pool party with her for her birthday instead of a girls-only slumber party that she always has and that her family expects. So she wants to just mix it up now that she's in, going into middle school, and I can't blame her for that. You know, she wants mm -hmm. to try something new. One thing about Claudia is she still can't spell for shit. She cannot. I never got why her grammar was so bad, because I read some of the other books, and, and even in this, she mentions she reads. and. Her mom is a librarian, so she reads Nancy Drew and all this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And you would think that she'd catch on to basic words like this. Like, I understand longer words, more difficult words, but she couldn't spell guests yeah. like, for her guest list or girls. She spelled it grills. I'm like, it's yeah. what? Uh, they're not that hard to spell, sweetie. <laughs> I, wonder, I, know, I wondered why that was so like. I mean, I guess we didn't see them write anything else, but it was so specific at that point that I was like, it just seemed quite random to put in that she couldn't spell. If, does that make sense? Well, they do that in every book, apparently, you know? So oh, do they? It, yeah, that's a big focus of her characters that she does oh, horrible okay. in school and she can't spell very well. And yeah, I don't know ah. why, but you know. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's almost like she considers, she starts talking like she considers Christy and Marianne as less than her for not being into boys yet. And mm. this kind of snobby aspect of Claudia turns me off to her a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. she I did just, really look down like, oh, it's like, oh, you're not into the same things as me. Um, I'm more mature. You're too baby-ish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in that regard, you know, when you're acting like I'm so much more mature than you and like, well, actually you're acting immature by saying that. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> so maybe you're not <laughs> speaking of which. So the other two, Christy and Claudia, Christy and Mary Ann, um, come over to talk about the clothes for the dolls. Like they were going to before. And Claudia immediately blows them off just to go last minute shoe shopping with her grandmother, Mimi. And yeah. it's kind of a bitch move. Like, 
<laughs> they didn't even get to ask her about the doll clothes because she didn't no. want help. Or she, you know, Marianne wanted help. But she's just so eager to grow up. And it's like I said, doing so seems less mature and rude to me. But that's kids for you. Yeah. And it was so like Christy was I think there was a scene that she was so excited. She literally ran up the stairs and like she was like there at the door, all excited. And then Claudia's like, oh, what? like almost like, what are you doing here? You know, it's oh, oh, damn it. These immature little bitches. <laughs> and then she jumps on the chance to, to go to the, the mall or downtown i think it was wasn't it with the with her grandmother and, mimi um, mimi that was it great character i love mimi, mimi. mimi's so great yeah, i just I love, love her mimi. um so yeah so she jumped on that didn't she straight away <laughs> exactly like, she didn't just cut him right off like what the, yeah you know <laughs> but mimi notices this and she asks about christy and marianne and is very considerate when claudia doesn't know what to say and I really wish I had a grandmother like Mimi that wanted to be this involved in my life, but I mm. didn't, unfortunately. But, you know, that's for another episode, you know, like I said, the Dustin Sitters Club. <laughs> that's what we'll do. <laughs> oh, I love that. That has to happen now. <laughs> Everybody who had to take care of me can talk about me. That's great. <laughs> Later at dinner, um, her mother brings up her birthday, and then that's the time that Claudia strikes. She's surprised that they actually agree to let her have a boy-girl party. But so she lays out a good argument that it's an afternoon affair and they will be chaperoning. And she even tells her off-putting Brainiac sister Janine that she can invite her friends too, which is a nice compromise on her part. Yeah. Now we're going to meet Stacy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so Stacy is in the Upper West Side apartment in New York City. Noting that even though she has a view of the Central Park treetops, she'll still have she'll actually have a better view with trees in her actual yard at the new house. So yeah. this is definitely something she doesn't take for granted, which she makes sure to state a few times. Yeah. Stacy brings up her diabetes, and it's sad that she has to deal with that, but I'm prepping for how much we're gonna have to hear about the diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> it's brought up all the time in the books. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, and her ex-bestie, Lane Cummings. Oh, man. Oh, man. So in the show, in the show, they, you know, they, it was circumstantial that they stopped being friends. But in the books, Lane was, was just a jerk. She mm. apparently turned mean towards Stacy. And rightfully, Stacy knows it wasn't just about her being diabetic because Lane was doing this beforehand. And she's just being a horrible person. I think she calls, um, I think Stacy calls Lane her royal meanness. Yes, she does. Yeah, yeah. She's not, I mean, Stacy's not really that excited about moving to Stony Brook, but she's trying to keep positive, hoping that she doesn't make another friend like Lane. But, I mean, get ready for disappointment, girl. You're going to meet Lanes all of your life. Oh, All yes. through your life, you're going to meet them. Spray. <laughs> so here's the backstory. Um, after coming back from summer camp last year, Lane was being aloof and not calling and talking down to Stacy like she was crazy to think that they should act like they did before like best friends like they were before mm. and they hung out all the time and they talked all the time and lane's like why are you calling me i just got home and you know people can suck in this regard when they do this little 180 flip on you you know mm. i don't know she also influenced yeah. all the other girls at school to stop talking to stacy like just being mean to her for <gasps> no reason what a bitch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's then awful. came the diabetes diagnosis. Topped off with her parents being barren now. So they, they, Stacy's going to be their only child. They really became overprotective of Stacy, their one and only child, you know? Mm. And instead of being supportive, 
Her parents pulled the quote, keep quiet about your diabetes, not to draw too much attention to yourself card. Yeah. The and silent treatment. <laughs> that never, never works. Like don't keep the secret. People are going to figure it out. Kids, mm. kids notice things. And if you hide it, it becomes a thing and they use it against you and it makes you look like you're ashamed of it, you know, and it's, it's really sad. Even worse, Stacy's one time invitation to a slumber party over the year. She gets invited one time for once mm. and she ends up sharing a bed with Lane and then she accidentally, because of her diabetes and whatnot, she ends up wetting the bed. Yeah. And that's just horrifying. And I just feel worse about, about her and her yeah. diabetes. Yeah, definitely. That's just that's just a mortifying thing to have happened to her. And like, and In bed with somebody else. Like, oh, oh man, you peed yourself. Yeah. It's oh, especially horrible. Especially with Lane. Like, no, it's, uh, you just know that's just awful. <laughs> yes. So she and her mom meet her dad for dinner at their favorite restaurant, Sal's, arguing over her getting a regular ginger ale because she wants just a regular ginger ale. And the mom's like, no, she'll have a diet. I'm like, whatever. Mm. Then <sighs> Lane and her family come in. The parents notice the silence between them because the parents are friends. Like both the sets of parents are friends, but they notice that there's a silence between her and Lane. But mm. apparently they make these secretive plans when Stacy's not paying attention. And this just, this sounds like a Stacy Lane setup. If I ever heard one, that's mm. what I'm thinking when I'm reading this. Now we're going back to Stony Brook, back to Christy. <laughs> Bossy Christy. <laughs> <laughs> her letter to her dad is returned addressee unknown. And that's a gut punch. She didn't even have her dad's current address. Ouch. You know, like mm, these kids deal with real problems for sure. Like this is yeah. not just some, you know. And that's why I think it's so, it's still being read now is because they're just so relatable and the stories are so relatable. Um, especially like Christy and her dad, that was. It's heartbreaking. Home. Yeah, heartbreaking, definitely. So David Michael, who is Christy's little brother, is curious about the letter. But Christy keeps it for him. And something tells me this isn't going to turn out well. But that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Then Marianne comes over with a ton of worries about babysitting for the first time. What if a kid falls down the stairs? What if there's a fire or a break-in? Chill the hell out, girl. Health and safety. (laughs) At this point, I'm Christy saying, I'm annoyed with you. Stop it. (laughs) Shut up, Marianne. My God. Uh, Mary Ann asked, also asks about the letter and then Christy changes the subject to like, they're going to watch the meteor shower tonight and she's going to watch with her brothers and her mom. So later when prepping hamburgers for dinner, um, her mom asks her to set another place at the table for Watson, her boyfriend and ever the defiant bitch, Christy <laughs> gripes that he's not part of the family and her mom <laughs> lets it go, but really needs to lay into Christy about respecting her elders. She really does. Yeah. Like, I don't care she what has- you think you need. She has like a proper mega strap about it. You can imagine her slamming the doors and everything. Yeah, she goes up to her room and just slams the door and like, Ugh, yeah. she's nothing. So I, I'm just so glad I don't have kids at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do when that happens. No, I, know, I know I did it. I know I did it. All kids do it at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> So later on, Christy continues her criticism of Watson when he comes over, noting that he's a good dad for being involved with his kids' lives, but thinks that he throws his wealth around way too much, which, you know, she Mm. might have a point. She also thinks that he is balding and is mad at her mom for dating him in general. But on the flip side, Watson always tries too hard with Christy, it seems. 
being mm-hmm. ever enthusiastic and just it just pisses her off even more. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like he like, cannot do anything right. Like, but he does. But he also go, needs to kind of get the clue. Like, she's not yeah. into this. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't give up. So I got to give it to him for that. Yeah. So he then asks Christy to babysit his kids, Karen and Andrew, and she just flat out says no because she doesn't want to. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's just wow. If I said her- that when I was Christy's age, well, I, one, I would never have <laughs> said that. But if I'd said that, I would have been really told off. <laughs> I know. Like, and, really but told what's off. funny is that her brother, Sam, like kind of jumps at the chance to do it. Like, I need some extra money. And then Christy realizes how horrible she's being again. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of being engulfed in the cool meteor shower, she just feels resentful towards Watson for being a better father than hers is. So I can kind of see that, though. She's just kind of she's jealous. She's jealous of Karen and Andrew for having a good dad, you know? Yeah. And it's like that rejection as well from that that rejected feeling that she's she's getting from her dad and the letter being returned. It's all just snowballing into one big emotion, maybe. Yeah, it's understandable, but she really does still need to stop being a brat. Yeah. Later on with Marianne, who's still nervous about babysitting as she and Christy arrive at the Pikes, future junior Babysitter's Club member Mallory answers the door with her seven brothers and sisters in tow. Wow. I mean, I'm just reading (laughs) about it and it's overwhelming for me. Like there's just new too many kids and I can feel Marianne's pain. (laughs) There's no rules in the pike house either. They just feels like they run a (laughs) mark. Yes. They're just like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go over here and do this. I'm like, no, no, no. We need some order here. (laughs) But the cool thing is that Marianne does the responsible thing. She immediately requests to see the emergency numbers and is relieved to see a detailed list from doctors to poison control, which I mean, (laughs) if I were control. Hey, you might need it. You don't know. I mean, if I were her, if I were the Pike parents, I would, you know, I'd appreciate how astute this little girl is being just deserving of praise, in my opinion. Like, you know, thank you for asking, you know, I think that's really cool. Yeah. The parents leave and Christy immediately delegates Mallory to be a deputy sitter in case they need help. And that's a smart move, Christy, because they just, you know, there's just way too many kids. I need it. (laughs) I need it with all those kids. All the kids want different things for dinner. So Marianne suggests a smorgasbord, which is smart for this crowd. You know, just lay it all out, lay the cold cut cheeses and everything else out and just let the kids get to work creating their own dinners with these healthy options, you know? Yeah. The rest of the night goes well and Marianne realizes her nervousness went away. She gets paid and after Mr. Pike drops them off back at home, she beams at her dad. She's like, look at this. Look, she's showing him the money and she, you know, all the money she earned herself, you know? Then she begs him to let her babysit again, and he agrees, but only if she has another sitter partner, even if it's one kid. So she has to have a sitter for herself to babysit somebody else. Yeah, basically, that's what her dad's saying, isn't it? It's like, I don't trust you on your own. Someone needs to look after you. (laughs) You So this rightfully irks Marianne, who calls him out on his overprotectiveness and treating her like a little kid. Probably not the best idea. But he acknowledges that he's overprotective of her because he, she is all he has. And, he, you know, he asks her to respect that. You know, you're all mm. I have. I had to protect you. Yeah. Ever the dutiful daughter, she agrees and still celebrates her first step towards autonomy. And, you know, good for you. Yeah. Oh, she's so sweet. I do like She is Marianne. very, very sweet. Yeah. I love Marianne. <laughs> so now it's time for Claudia's pool party, her birthday oh, party. This is my favorite chapter. I think this is my favorite chapter. <laughs> 
so Claudia's neighbors, the Goldmans, kindly let them use their house and they skedaddle out of there, which I love generous older people like that. They're just really nice yeah, about it. Like, I go ahead. That was quite cool, actually. Like, oh, yeah, just come and use my pool and my house and my back garden. Oh. Yeah, it's really nice. Fashionista Claude tries on everything in her closet with her new bikini, even considers drawing on a beauty mark, which she decides will just watch away. <laughs> The way and make she things look awkward as well like the way she describes should i put the beauty spot on or when i get in the pool will it come off and float away down the, <laughs> down the drain it's like no it will just like end up like smeared up your face you're gonna look like somebody punched you or something <laughs> it's my natural look <laughs> <laughs> she just settles on some jewelry though and yeah. some silver sandals and her new shirt that she got for her birthday she thinks she looks at least 14. Okay. <laughs> she notes that her sister Janine has invited two friends. One is a boy. <gasps> no. <laughs> so she should be able to leave her and her friends alone. So when the party is, uh, is due to start, she silently criticizes Christy and Marianne for wearing last year's bathing suits. Wow. <sighs> Judgmental snob much? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. They don't care, but Claudia does not approve. Even though Christy can be rude, it's funny that she says, remember, we gave you presents the day of your actual birthday. Like, so don't expect anything on your party. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Miss it's like just pants. making it clear that you had your presents on your actual birthday, not yeah, getting so anything out. <laughs> we're not doing that today. <laughs> Other friends arrive and the party starts. Then Janine's friend Frankie shows up and Janine just seems to light up when he appears. And then when he says happy birthday to Claudia, she instantly gains a crush as well. Girl, All the girls are swooning over Frankie out there. He is a freshman in high school, and she is just going into seventh grade. This ain't going to happen. It so shouldn't happen. For, for my English brain, <laughs> um, so, so what we're saying, Claudia's like just turning 12. So Frankie would be how old? He's going to be 14, 15. Oh, no. I knew I didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, you t usually turn 15 or you're about to turn 15 when you go into mm. freshman year of high school. Okay. So, I mean, I just... No. I can see the sibling rivalry coming, though. <laughs> I well, see that right yeah. away. As soon as she sees yeah. that boy, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, her dad, Claudia's dad, embarrasses her with this kiss-the-cook apron while, gl oh. you know, grilling the hamburgers. And then Janine falls into pool into the pool, fully dressed. Oh, that scene! Like I was laughing. Like this is oh, why this is my kid. favorite chapter. Because <laughs> I think I could just imagine. I think she falls into the pool, doesn't she? And then her friend Marlene, I think it is, jumps in after her, and she's like, "Hold me, hold me!" <laughs> and it's like, oh. all the kids are laughing. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Now, Claudia is all concerned about older boy Frankie's opinion of her party. She calls him a, quote, Greek god. I'm like, again, oh, Claudia, stop this, please. No. Oh. So it's for the so rest of the party, gross. she basically steers clear of Christy and Marianne, purposefully ignoring them. And for some reason, the older boy Frankie is giving her a lot of attention, which I think is weird. And Janine yeah. just tries to squash her with, I remember when I turned 12, talk, talk, like, basically, mm. like, she's 12. She's 12, get, yeah. Yeah. Trying to point it out, rightly so. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It also doesn't help that Claude's friend Emily eggs it on with, he's, it's obvious he's so into you. You're so lucky. Oh, <laughs> you just imagine. 
I'll oh, be like, oh my God. no, you're really not lucky. There was you're a whole not... scene with like a hot dog as well, where I think um, Frankie like gets a hot dog and he's like, would you like mustard with that? Would you like ketchup with that? And I was just like, like, I like it all. Oh, just no, just like this is a little away. too phallic for my taste. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh God. He pretty much ignores Janine the whole time. She invited mm. him, and he ignores mm. her. He just gives, you know, he even gives Claudia his shirt because she seems cold. Ugh. I can just feel this future disappointment a brewing, just mm. waiting for it, you know? Yeah. It isn't until after the party when Janine slams her bedroom door in Claudia's face that she realizes that her sister had invited Frankly because she liked him. Mm. Duh, Claudia. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Took you all that time to realize it. <laughs> uh. So back in New York, Stacy's apartment is nearly packed up. She laments that the only people who she can really say goodbye to are the doorman and a few kids she babysits in the building. Some of them understand. Some of them cry. It's a little sad. She's basically she, like the apartment's babysitter, isn't she, really? Like she pretty much for the whole building. A whole building's kids. <laughs> it's like they're probably like really sad she's leaving because like, you know. No more She's babysitter. the cool older girl. Right. <laughs> so she comes home from a babysitting job to a surprise going away party. The place is decorated with pig party favors. Apparently, Stacy likes pigs. Weird, but I'll go with it. Whatever. I really liked that. It was a nice little touch, like, but. I don't know. Probably not over there, but over here. <laughs> This is really sad. Over here, um, there's a shop called Marks and Spencers, and they do these things called Percy Pigs. <laughs> and like they do like Percy Pig sweets, blankets. I've got like a massive Percy Pig, like, um, and when I say massive, it's massive, like plush, <laughs> soft toy. And like they've gone all out on this Percy Pig stuff. And then like Percy Pig has got like friends, like these little sheep friends and that. Yeah, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll I have to look this up for sure. I'm kind of related to, to Stacey and her um her pig obsession. <laughs> <laughs> so at this party, all of her babysitting charges are there, and there's also girls from her school, and then she spots the ever annoyed Lane, who just Ugh. sticks out like a sore thumb because everyone else is having a great time and she's not even smiling. She's just ugh, I hate this. <sighs> And then, oh man, this gets me. Then Lane approaches her and tells her she didn't want to come, and all the only girl, all the other girls are only there because she made them and she invited them. Oh, and she does this like stuff. friendly act in front of the parents, like, "Oh, I'm so happy you had your birthday." But as soon as the parents walk away, she just turns evil again. Oh, she's vile, uh, vile. Finally, Stacy just says, "Are you afraid of me or something?" I'm like, "Yes, Stacy, she is. She, you represent yeah. kindness and decency, and she has none of those qualities." Yeah, That's why she's I really love that Stacy said that as well. I did like a cheer. It's like that's just the best thing ever to say. I wish I had said that to a few people when I was younger. <laughs> of course, yeah, I know. And Lane just like makes it, she's like, I'm not afraid of you, afraid of you, huh? And she and the other girls gang up around her and start making fun of her for her diabetic diet and that time she wet the bed. And Stacy just wants to go off on them, but she's just too nice for that. She's just a nice girl and she doesn't do that. She's a much better person than those brats. I'd want to smack the shit out of Lane, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> she's so, she's just a snarky bitch. I don't like Oh, her. yeah. And then the worst part is at the end of the party, 
Lane pretends to trip over Stacy's mm-hmm. quote big feet and spills her soda all over Stacy's new white blouse that she paid for herself with her babysitting money. Yeah. And just fakes this apology in front of her. And I mean, like, uh, Stacy goes to her mom and is like, she did that on purpose. But with like most parents in these types of books, they just won't listen. No. And I'm sorry, I would I would say, you know what? I believe you. Yeah, no, I would definitely. If it was happening all the time, you know, if something like that, and she kept coming to you, she did this on purpose, she did this on purpose, maybe not then, but Stacey's not that type of girl. So the fact that she came mm. up and said something, I would have believed her. That's just me. And surely you can see that you, your daughter wasn't entirely comfortable in the situation as well. So you'd kind of like pick up, I'd like to think like some vibes. Um, but Yeah, her parents though, just, I think they just- they're, Seem a bit they, oblivious. <laughs> I think they do it on purpose. They just want to act like everything's fine all the time. You know, like don't tell anybody about your diabetes. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. You know, like Mm, I think that's kind of a front, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I'd be with Stacy though. I'd I'd be happy to be moving at this point. (laughs) I want to get the hell out of here. (laughs) She seems really happy about going for sure. Just to get away from, uh, from the the snarky one. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So back in Stony Brook, Marianne laments seeing, you know, back to school shopping commercials and the end of the summer is approaching already. And we all know that feeling. I don't know about you, but we all know that feeling. She starts thinking of Christy's upcoming birthday dinner and Christy opted for a family dinner instead of a party. And she only invited Marianne and Claudia who a quote, can't make it. Whatever, Claude. (laughs) Um, Christy also hurts her mom's feelings by shunning Watson and his kids from the birthday celebration. But, you know, it's her birthday. So Marianne could tell that she felt bad about it afterwards, though she didn't change her mind either. So Marianne explains that Christy confided in her about the returned letter that she got from her father, you know, address the unknown. Yeah. And Marianne decides that she really wants to do something nice for her bestie for her birthday. Telling her dad that, that, yes, it's really nice. And she Mm. tells her dad that she wants, you know, that Christy is like a sister and Mrs. Thomas is like a surrogate mother to her. And she also says that Mimi is like, you know, her grandmother as well. And, you know, she's like, he's like, you know, you're very lucky to have all these people in your life, which I agree. She is. She is. Yeah. He agrees to take her shopping on Saturday. But that night, Marianne really ponders like Christy's situation with her dad and feels really bad for her best friend. You know, Marianne is truly a good person. Like Mm. just really is just thoughtful. And she's just such a good friend. She decides that what she wants to do is have a day just for Christy called Christy day to be held the day after her birthday party or her birthday dinner. And so she writes out this guest list, which includes Claudia. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) And some other girls and some of the babysitting kids and the Pikes and the other kids, you know? Yeah. So on Saturday, Marianne gets offered a job babysitting Jamie Newton, one of Christy's usual charges. However, she can't babysit on her own. Of course, like we learned, And so she, you know, she tries to get Christy, but Christy says she's already babysitting for some of the pikes and she knows that, you know, all right, why don't you ask Claudia? So she puts it off until after her shopping trip with, for Christy's birthday, where she buys Christy a personalized baseball Jersey, which I thought was really nice and thoughtful. Oh, it's such a good present. It really really is. I really like For the sporty girl, get her a Jersey. It's it's Yeah. It's so great. She notes that she has to put off asking Claudia because she can tell Claude is avoiding her and Christy. It's very Mm. obvious at this point. And to mention noticing that Claudia and Frankie have been doing everything together all summer, it seems. And I'm just like, Oh, this is not good. Mm. 
No. Meanwhile, Claudia recalls the buildup of her relationship with Frankie, something Janine is very aware of every time she speaks or sees him. Her parents and Mimi are pretty concerned and worried. You're like, this is not going to go well. And I'm like, he's two years older and she's never had a boyfriend. They should be worried. They, and they should yeah. be put, nipping it into the they bud, but be, they don't. Yeah, I agree. Like, there should be red flags <laughs> straight away. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One day, so Frankie shows up at their house on his oh, bike, just yeah. shows up, and they all make this small talk where he shares he's in a garage band. I'm like, oh, watch out for those musicians. <laughs> <laughs> watch See, out for musicians, of, Claudia. That's the type of boy I would have come for when I was like 14. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for money, but not at 12. <laughs> so she decides to take him upstairs and her mom like looks at him and she was like I'll keep the door open <laughs> yeah. but, but the mom just follows mom? her upstairs anyway <laughs> I'm gonna That's do laundry yeah do. sure <laughs> doing laundry but like in the hallway outside <laughs> that would be me so you know she shows him artwork and all that stuff but um, when he's yeah. leaving Janine comes home and she's still bitter, understandably so, and ignores Frankie's wave goodbye and completely ices out Claudia, who now feels terrible, as she should. He's too old for you. Mm, there is a difference yeah. between middle school kids and high school kids and college age kids. It's, it's called life experience, guys. <laughs> it may oh. not be that much in age, but there's just there's certain life things that you go through. There's the puberty. There's, you know, different, yeah. different kinds of people you're going to meet. It's, you know, it becomes very apparent very fast if you try to date somebody too young at a certain age, you know? Yeah. I just don't get why no one intervened. <laughs> I know. I like, okay. I don't get it. But this was the 80s. The 80s was a little different mm, than it is now, yeah, you know? People yeah. were like, just let them be kids. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so after being caught up in her relationship all summer, she starts to remember that she had two friends in Christy and Marianne that she just pushed out of her life. She feels guilty now, and she's about to call them when Marianne calls to ask her to help her babysit Jamie Newton. Claudia reluctantly agrees, and then Marianne asks what it's like to have a boyfriend. And Claudia's like, this is weird. I don't know about this conversation. And um, she ends up cutting the call short because she doesn't want to discuss it because, you know, there's something missing there. I don't know. It's really weird. It's awkward. It's very awkward. She's quite vile to Marianne, I thought. Like, you know, Marianne's never had a boyfriend and and this. And, and like, I just thought she was just so cold to her and vile and, like, just really pushed her out even further. She wants to grow up so fast. Mm, yeah. And then she thinks she has grown up and, like, you haven't. You have not grown up that much. <laughs> no. No. You've had a birthday. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a birthday does not mean mature. <laughs> so... Claudia meets Marianne for the babysitting job, but she, you know, she feels bad for Marianne. She knows about Mr. Spears' strict rules and she doesn't want to make her friend feel bad about it. So she lets Marianne take charge in all the babysitting duties, which is a smart move, I think. You know, Marianne needs practice, you know, growing that authority backbone, you know. Mm. And while Marianne puts Jamie down for his nap, Claudia decides to use the Newton's phone to call Frankie, which to me is a major no no on the phone yeah. like yeah. you do not type the line because what if mrs newton need to call in an emergency and then she couldn't yeah. get through yeah we don't know if they had call waiting or something you know yeah but marianne apparently notices this but just when she comes downstairs and just goes straight into the kitchen just like leaves her alone mm. and there Which, was you a, know, kind um, of there was ahead. a line as well where i think 
um, she says Frankie's voice was as rich as a Hershey bar. And I just thought, <laughs> I mean, I like a Hershey bar, but not that much. <laughs> not that rich. <laughs> it was just like a line that really stuck out. Obviously, it Claudia and her damn sweets. <laughs> yeah, because she's got a sweet tooth and like she hides like um, junk food in her room, doesn't she? So yeah, just always made, in these little secret compartments and. Yeah, and I thought you know, you're not selling it to me, even saying his voice is like a Hershey bar because he's still horrible. Don't it's probably him. like cracking and everything. Hi, Claudia. <laughs> you're like, oh, he sounds like a Hershey bar. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he sounds like a horse. <laughs> okay, so now it's moving day for Stacy. She and her parents eat one last time at their favorite diner before the movers show up, and as they head out. All of her babysitting charges in the building say one last goodbye and they're crying and it's, it's really sweet. And they yeah. see her off in the lobby. Um, Stacy's inner monologue of good riddance to bad rubbish, rubbish equaling lane. Just cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, was like, I just love how like she, she doesn't, she's not standing any rubbish. Lane's done all of this, these horrible things to her and like being a right bitch to her. But yeah, she's still like, I couldn't care less about her and she's nothing to me kind of thing. Like kind yeah, of and speech. you're like, you think about it this much, she is. It hurts. It hurts. You yeah. know it. <laughs> so she ends up falling asleep in the car and dreams of a slumber party with Lane. And this just makes her crabby when she wakes up a half hour outside of Stony Brook, which she refers to as the country. <laughs> it's the suburbs and it's far from the country, sweetheart. I swear to God, it is. It is not the country. <laughs> It might she be... does get very excited about what she sees on her journey. <laughs> oh, yeah. They arrive in Stony Brook and they drive through town on this like makeshift tour. And Stacy's and she's pleased to see that it's not as small as she was expecting, like this like podunk town. You know, it has all the amenities, stores, restaurants, libraries, even a bus and some cabs. <laughs> she seems pleased about this new chapter in her life and is even surprised by having a lawn because they it's like they live in a park. Well, they live in a she park asks now. as well, doesn't she? So <laughs> randomly they go past, it must be on the way into Stony, but they go past a, a taxidermist shop. Yes. And then she suddenly just goes past this shop and she goes, can I have a dog? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that made you think of a dog I going past like, the taxidermist. I could see going like past a vet's office or something, you know. <laughs> A veterinarian, but then you see a taxidermist. She's like, "Can I get a dog?" She didn't even want a dog. That's the thing. She was just asking to ask. Imagine if the mom and dad said, "Yeah, let's stop here and get one from the taxidermist." <laughs> um, that would be so creepy. Oh, but it was people just who really do that random. to their dogs, it's kind of creepy. I mean, I understand it, but at the same oh, time, no. I don't. And it's, it's just no, really, it's too I much. I don't like it. But it was just Ugh. like such a random thing, like to think of, like, "Oh, can I have a dog?" As soon as she saw this taxidermist shop. Um, but yeah but the mom and dad are like oh i'm sure they say yeah that we can have a dog i think i might be wrong i'm kind of glad they said no because i didn't want that situation to progress <laughs> so after the movers deliver their furniture many of the friendly neighbors stop by to greet them which just doesn't happen anymore um <laughs> some with treats from the local bakery and when one group has takeout menus stacy is elated She's like, oh my gosh, they even deliver. Please, please, can we just can we just can we just order some food and deliver? Can we have it delivered to the house? She's so excited. You know, she's pretty sure she's gonna do fine just here. You know, she's gonna be fine. Yeah. And that night she lets the hooting of an owl lull her off to sleep. 
<laughs> I thought that was sweet. Like she was so used to hearing all the traffic and people and whatnot, and then she's yeah, hearing crickets it's like and peaceful. Um, and she's like, "I'm gonna like it here." And I also liked as well before that happened that I think there was like some kids playing outside as well, and she was like eyeing them up as babysitting prospects. Yes, <laughs> like, and she's like, "Well, they're probably already had babysitters." Day, first hour, she's like, "Ooh, <laughs> I see you." I'm gonna make me some money here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I liked that that she went to sleep in like a peaceful um because you can imagine like I've never been to New York, but obviously it's so noisy. So it must have been such a contrast, like being the country. <laughs> yes. And just and hearing all the, the owls and the, the I was in New York for like twelve hours once and we walked around yeah. and did some quick touristy stuff and and it's it's it can it can turn you around like I don't I think everybody's you know oh it's so easy and if you live in New York and you've been in New York and you you know you probably listen to this and you're like oh it's not that bad Dustin like, <laughs> for somebody who hasn't grown up in that area around a big big major city and then you mm. go there for the first time you can get turned around it feels overwhelming all the sounds yeah. all the smells all the people and so to go from that to just a quiet suburb you know a suburban mm. neighborhood and it's going to be a completely con- you know big cr- contrast. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, Christy recalls asking for a family dinner for her birthday, which we talked about. Hmm. Basically, she did it just so that she can be someplace where her dad could get a hold of her if he calls or stops by. And I'm like, oh, Christy, I'm worried for your future disappointment, girl. Of course, not inviting Watson and his kids is a deep cut to her mom. And topping that off with the fact that Claudia already made plans with Frankie's family just hurts Christy and... You know, because since Claudia's been avoiding them all summer, I mean, sisters before mm-hmm. misters, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, my goodness. Her birthday morning, her mom and her brothers greet her by her bedside, which is nice. Her mom makes yeah. a remark about um, the next year she'll have three teenagers in the house, and I laughed when her brother said, "Girls make the worst teenagers." <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's true, Shelley? Um. <laughs> I think my mom would say, yeah, but I would say, because I've got a teenage boy, that teenage boys are worse. I guess it's just all perspective. I don't know. I mean, all I get is like grunts half the time. (laughs) um, But yeah, yeah, I'll give her that. Okay. Teenage girls probably are worse. Growing up in a house full of boys. Yeah. Yeah. So they give her a special birthday breakfast and mom, her mom even calls in late for work, which is really nice. I remember having that like when I was a kid and, um, and this wasn't my birthday, but when the Ninja Turtles movie came out in 1990, mm. the original one that Jim Henson yeah. made, my mom checked me out of school early to just to take me to the theater to see it. Oh, I love that. It was That's so, cause so that was nice. my favorite, you know, I was so into Ninja Turtles and she went and saw that with me and it just, it meant a lot to me, you know? Yeah. So something like yeah. this kind of reminds me of that, you know? Yeah. And it's, it was just really nice. Mm. They give her a stack of presents that came in the mail and she's just eyeing it like one of those has got to be from dad. And after opening them all, she's disappointed that none of them were from him. And um, then later, Claudia stops by and apologizes again oh. for not being able to come to the dinner. And she gives her her present, which is just some nail polish, which she's <laughs> like, yeah, which is really funny. Like her brother walks up and she was like, boy, she knows you, doesn't she? <laughs> it's like as soon as she gave it to Christy, I was like, oh, dear, even I 
after I've only read like more than half the book, know that Christy will not like that. <laughs> I know. And then, but she's like, well, you can paint these, all these designs in this little book. And I'm like, at least have some sport designs. And she doesn't even name one, like, you know, baseball or soccer ball or, or football or anything, you know, yeah. like nothing. It's just all like flowers and hearts and unicorns. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so the opposite of Christy. <laughs> she's like, gee, thanks. Okay. <laughs> She doesn't get, she doesn't even get a card from her dad in the mail, which just sucks, no. but she does get him a lot of them from her babysitting charges, which is nice. She's still convinced though, that he's going to surprise her in some way. And I'm just, <sighs> Christy, why? Just, and I really oh. wanted it to happen, but you know, you just know it's not going to, it's just I really yeah. wanted it to happen. It's a big setup for a big letdown. Mm. Dinner time comes and the phone rings, but it's Watson. And Christy's actually very nice to him on this. And she thanks him for the bracelet he gave her. Mm. She joins the others, but her head just isn't in the, like, what was your most memorable birthday discussion, you know, mm. until it gets around to her. And this is the part, I'm going to be honest, where I, Dustin, I started <laughs> to cry at this point. Yeah. It's such See, an emotional scene. It is. I can explain why. Um, so Christy, when she turned five, she was supposed to have a party, but no one could come. Just people just canceled left and right for some reason or another. Everyone kept canceling. She just felt horrible. And then her dad made it special by creating this scavenger hunt that led all the way to this pony under a tree in their yard. She she wanted a pony to ride for her birthday and he rented one for her. You know, and it was really nice. And she's sort of lost in this memory and everyone around is like looking at her and they feel really uncomfortable because they know he's not there. Mm. And pausing i i started to cry because mm. i remembered on my sixth or seventh birthday when i invited my entire class to the roller skating rink my mm. mom had rented a party room and people had rsvp'd and everything but only like three or four kids showed up and it just you know my mom had paid for the room she paid for mm. the, the skates she had paid for the food and and it still hits me hard to this day. Like, how could you just not show up? Like, yeah. what kind of parent would allow their kid to ditch something like that at such a, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, it's very influencing and mm. it kind of like set a precedent, I guess, for things in the future for me. But we won't go into that right now because we're talking about the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> no, but I can understand. I can fully understand like why that scene then would be, would make you emotional because things like that it's just you you remember for that you do remember it for a long long time and it does affect how you are as you grow up um and that's just horrible Justin. like i am it's, so it's sorry that it that didn't happen that was the first the last time it happened either i had a no. halloween party and it was on a saturday night and i was throwing it with two other friends and then this other girl at the very last minute decided to have a halloween party on friday night and so since she had one on Friday night, the parents wouldn't let their kids go out a second time over the weekend. So I had, we had spent all this money on decorations and all this, mm. and like a couple of people showed up and that was it. And it, it's heartbreaking, you know, it sucks. And, and, and as a young kid as well, like you don't, you don't, re I'm not making an excuse for anything because there's no excuse, but right. you don't realize what an effect things like that have on other people. And like, I mean, things like that still go on in in like adult friendships as well and like you just 
you don't realise the impact that it has on people and it's just not right and it's not fair. You know, and um, some people just have empathy and they understand and other people mm, don't. You know, they just, yeah. they just don't care. And yeah. uh, they're like, well, it's my life. I don't care. You'll deal with it. And like, yeah, yeah. I will. You know, and is it going to make me stronger? I don't know. Hopefully. But <laughs> mm. I just struggle anyway. to understand why people do that to other people because it's just awful. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Yeah, it really sucks. So if you're listening and you have kids and you RSVP to a party, you better have a damn good excuse for not showing up. Because <laughs> you could be scarring a kid for life, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to Christy. So she's getting her gifts from the family and Marianne, and she loves them all and nearly cries because of how thoughtful Marianne's is. See, Christy can be a softie at times. Mm. She keeps glancing at the door. She keeps looking over there, hoping that her dad is the last present. But... Of course, he doesn't show. Everyone starts to clean up from the dinner party, and Marianne, her best friend, puts her arm around her to comfort her. She knows. Yeah. yeah. And, That's such and I'm a getting emotional powerful. right now talking about it. It's really oh, sad. You'll make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is such a... That is... For me, that is everything that I would do. Um like as a friend to someone that just and just putting your arm around someone or giving them a hug can just mean the world to someone when they're feeling like that. Um, yeah, it's so, just you, you let them know that you're there and that you care about them, you know, yeah. and that you've noticed, you noticed, you know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. She doesn't have to say it, but she knows. Yeah. So they talk about their missing parents and Marianne describes basically her mom's spirit watching over her at her birthdays. That's, that's what she imagines because she never really met her mom. She died when she was a baby. And Christy confides in her more about her dad. Then they agree that at least they have the Austin families that they do have and that they have each other. And this book is just fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't Later expecting on, all of this like emotional um, like uh, stuff before I read it. I have to admit. I know. It and it's, and you watch the show and it's like, wow, this is really deep. Like for a kid's show, you're like, wow, yeah, this is really good. A couple of times in the, in the show, it got me. I really, like, really got me. <laughs> growing pains, man. It sucks. Mm. <laughs> it sucks growing up. <laughs> so like um, later on, Mary Ann um, gets really excited for Christy Day the next day. Oh, I she love recalls, Christy Day. I know, I think we should great. have a Dustin Day. That's Maybe. what I We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that'll be after my birthday in January, so we'll, we'll talk about it then. <laughs> I can deal with it then. <laughs> <laughs> she's thinking about Claudia and how she declined again because she's going to the beach with Frankie. Oh. You know, though Claudia <laughs> seems to feel bad about it, Marianne is still miffed. And again, she should be because sisters before misters. A hundred percent. Like Claudia knows when Christie's birthday is, and she should have got her hair head out. Head, head, uh, uh, uh. She needs to get her head out of her ass. <laughs> yeah. She needs to get her head out of her ass and think, oh my gosh, this is my friend's birthday. I don't need to be making any plans around this time. I need to make sure nothing's going on. She doesn't yeah, even do she that. Should, she should have known that in advance. Like, surely. You've been friends for how long? You should know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the next day on Christy Day. Marianne has organized things pretty well with all the kids that she babysits or that they all babysit. Mm. They make presents and banners and have a parade down the street just saying, Christy Day, happy Christy Day to everybody. And just to surprise Christy, who comes outside and is just like shocked. Like all these kids are there just saying, we love you, Christy. 
and Marianne, so sweet. it's so sweet. It's so and Marianne sweet. also notices all the people watching, including a quote blonde girl she's never seen before smiling from her new bike. Hmm, mm. Who could that be? Hmm. <laughs> so at the end of Christie day, Marianne's father is impressed with her organizational skills and managing all those kids. And he finally relinquishes some control and says that she is now allowed to babysit on her own without a partner. And for the first time all summer, Marianne does not go through her mother's memory box. Oh, that was just that scene. It was like, it was almost like she was breaking out of the, of just breaking out of herself and becoming this, this other person and trying to keep the memories but not having to look at them every night. Oh, just she doesn't have to revel in it anymore. She she can yeah. kind of let it go a little bit. She doesn't have yeah. to like, it's not her security blanket. She's feeling like I, I'm growing up and dad's yeah. letting me, you know? And she organized that whole Christy day. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Christy was thankful, wasn't she? But I mean, I would have been a blubbering mess. I would have been like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Because <laughs> that's kind of what I'm like. But um, but yeah, she, oh, I love Marianne. I just want Marianne to be my friend. <laughs> I know. I love her. She's just so great. So we pick up with Claudia when she, she's waiting for Frankie to pick her up on his bike to go swimming at the community center. And she starts thinking about the day at the beach with his family where he acted all distant. Oh. He barely spoke to her and he kept looking up and down the beach instead of her. And now he shows up late and he seems all impatient with her. And I'm like, yeah, I have a horrible feeling a breakup mm. or something else is bad is going to happen around the corner. Mm. So they arrive at the community pools and he rudely insists they sit with his friends. And as his friends arrive to greet him, and by friends, I mean a gang of teenage girls who fawn oh. all over him. He instantly starts to ignore Claudia's presence. And even worse, when the girls notice Claudia, they ask what day camp she went to that summer and they start laughing oh. at her. I felt so bad for Claudia. Like I know. Oh, and even that Frankie the ass hat laughs. Yeah. Oh, it's just vile. But I wish she'd just got up and took herself out of the situation. Like, I wish she got up and punched that you know this kid in the nose in front of everybody else. Or maybe slugged one of those prissy girls, Ooh, the little bitch wannabes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> she should have. Oh. My goodness. So he kind of, the whole situation goes that way for the rest of the day. And he just rather coldly drops her off and doesn't even really say goodbye. And then like a whole week goes by and he doesn't call her. And I'm glad of her for not like calling him to see what was going on. I'm glad she wasn't desperate like that. Yeah. You know, good, good deal for her. Good for her. Can you imagine how long those days were for her though? Oh, I know. And you knew, she knew what it was building to. Yeah. How could you not know? Yeah. So as you guessed it, Frankie dumps Claudia, stating that she's too young for him and blah, blah, blah. Basically, to me, to me, this whole situation says his friends were all out of town for all summer and she was just easily available. And that's the reason Mm. why he hung out with her. So when she hangs up the phone and she starts to cry and she just wants to talk to a girlfriend, but many of the other girls are out of town still. And then she's like, what about Christy and Marianne? She's like, I can't talk to them because I've isolated myself from them all summer. I just can't, you know, she can't bring herself to do it. So she ends up talking to Mimi and Mimi right away notices her heartbreak right away. Yeah. She explains to Claudia that she needs to focus on friends her own age and not be bogged down by a relationship that she is too young for. 
and which is completely true. Like you're not, yeah. gonna, these aren't going to last. These relationships yeah. are not going to last kid. She then encourages her to reconnect with Christy and Marianne stating that just because they seem less mature, they're going to catch up to her. They're not that far mm -hmm. behind. And then finally, she noticed the cold distance between Claudia and her sister, Janine. Just as Claudia promises Mimi, she apologizes to Janine, who tells her that she understands wanting to go with an older guy. And Janine also confesses that she was more hurt by Frankie not having any interest in her. Mm. Damn, I miss this. I mean, I do not miss this adolescent drama. I do not miss it <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, but I thought the whole... I, I really like Mimi. I wish she'd said it earlier um, to Claudia. Um, but I do love how she was like the voice of reason and, you know, sort it out with your friends, sort it out with your sister. And oh, she's just such a good character. I just love her. She is. She's, she's awesome. Mm. So Christy calls Claudia days later and invites her to bring her babysitting um, kid to meet with her and Christy and their babysitting charges at the elementary school playground. This way, maybe they can reconnect before school starts the next day. So this whole group meets up and after pawning all the younger kids off on David Michael, Christy's little brother as a makeshift junior babysitter, which makes him feel so grown up, you know, I'm oh, sure. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> the three girls, they start finally talking and Claudia apologizes for the distance and says she wants to work on their friendship and the others agree Christy confesses about her disappointment in, in herself for somehow believing her dad would show up for her birthday. And then Marianne happily proclaims that her dad is finally coming around and giving her more responsibility and let her, letting her yeah. babysit on her own. So the three, they share this quote, summer that changed me moment together, mm. you know, but also worry about the quote glue that holds them together. Yeah. And ever insightful Claudia says that the glue is more than just the common interests that they have. You know, they might not all like boys. They might not all like sports or art or whatever, but it's the memories and the families that they share that they're all intertwined. And she's right. They have history. Mm, yeah. Don't cry, Dustin. <laughs> Don't cry, Shelley. I'm going now. <laughs> Hold it together for this tween book <laughs> recap, man. <laughs> Oh dear, it's so uh, like. Oh, no. I wish I had this kind of friendship as a child. I did kind of mm. at one point. It was just me and one my, one friend, and we were really close for a long time. But it kind of petered out, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really, I really miss it. You know, I miss some of this stuff. Yeah. No. I so do. that night, Christy gets ready for bed early. She's really good about prepping ahead of time, like she did with uh, cleaning out her locker at the very beginning. Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna. She's really responsible if you think about it. She's a responsible. <laughs> yeah. Kid. All right. This is also the first mention of her and Marianne's Morse code interactions via flashlight. Oh, so we see some it. of this in the series, in <laughs> yeah. the TV series, and they do it in other books, but they didn't mention this in, throughout this entire book until now. Mm. And they do these like things late at night where they flash, you know, do Morse code with their flashlights and talk to each other since uh, Marianne can't talk on the phone after 9, 9 p.m. Another note, how many shooting stars happened in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot in this book. I think they all oh happened my... in this book. <laughs> I know. Like, Claudia saw one the night Frankie dumped her. And now Christy sees one that before she drifts off to sleep. And yeah, like, wow, what's up with all... And then the meteor shower, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's lovely, but a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. So we pick back up with Stacy, and it's the first day of school. And she insists that her mom walk in separately ahead of her because she doesn't want to be embarrassed. I'm like, girl, that's not embarrassing. <laughs> I can't with these kids, man. <laughs> However, the principal, Mr. Taylor, is cool and 
tell Stacy she doesn't have to hang around, and she's, he's arranged for a student ambassador who turns out to be Claudia's friend Emily, who's super nice to Stacy. Yeah. She even says that she's going to find Stacy at lunch so that Stacy doesn't have to sit alone. And that's really sweet for a kid to do. Mm, yeah, I like that. That age group, you know, they're usually like, ugh, I have to sit with you. But yeah. you know, Stacy's from New York, though. She's cool. So that's oh, probably yeah. why. Super cool and super fashionable. <laughs> Stacy seems to like Stony Brook Middle School because everyone's nice. Everybody's really nice. And she seems to, at one point, it seems like she meets Marianne in the hallway. When she's, yeah, you when know, she's lost. And she helps her out finding her class. Mm. Ever the helper, Marianne. Aww. I wish I lived in Stony Brook growing up now. I know, <laughs> me too. Should we just like make our own little town and go and We need to. We need to. I need, I need some investors and I've got a whole idea for a town. <laughs> Every house will look like a house from a different sitcom. And that way, you can live in a different sitcom house. I think that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I just want to know, do these perfect little towns exist anywhere in the real world? Is it a Connecticut (laughs) thing? I just want to know if this is real or not. (laughs) So, at lunch, Emily keeps her promise and has Stacy sit with her and her friends, Claudia being one of them, of course. And she's nervous what they'll think of her small meal, like she has an eating disorder. And they end up staring her down, and she does this great icebreaker. She says, hi, I'm Stacy McGill, and I'm from another planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, like, kept that to use for future reference. <laughs> hi, by the way, I'm from another planet. Just let you know. So and they great. all just laugh. They're like, oh, you know what? She's cool. I like her. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the end of the perfect day of school, the perfect first day. Claudia stops Stacy in the hall and gushes over her. Because she lived in New York. Ooh, girl, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) They instantly connect because, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be friends with these kids? Claudia walks Stacy home and Stacy has her, don't you forget about me. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She pumps her fist in the air. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. She has that moment. (gasps) And in the end, Christy fesses up to her mom about her dad finally. Her mom tells her that even though her dad forgot her birthday, she knows that he still loves Christy and her mom says that she used to be a lot angrier at her dad, but now she's just disappointed. But I'd be like, I'd be angry as hell that your daughter was this hurt by this lack of interest that his kid, you know? Yeah. I'd be so mad. I kind of relate to that though, because um, without going into obviously too much detail, like um, Corey's dad isn't my, sorry, my son's dad isn't around anymore um and he is very in and out and so I kind of related to Christy's mum when she said I just haven't got the energy to to fight it kind of thing because you do get to a point where you're just like I just can't I can't haven't muster the energy to even say and at the same time it's kind of like you're setting an example for of being calm about the situation you know you don't want them to be angry all the time about it so you know Christy is already excitable anyway so if her mom were freaking Mm. out it would make it even worse oh yeah definitely but I did kind of get that whole conversation I thought yeah I relate to that I get that well case in point in the, the next school day she gets assigned a paper on decorum (laughs) <laughs> because she exclaims "woohoo" at the end of class, which brings us back to the first book in Babysitter's Club. I'm mm. sure you recognize that from the Netflix series, Shelley. Yes, I do. Yeah. Anyway, the situation from the start of the books and how the show happens and Christy forms the idea for the Babysitter's Club. And it's pretty much the mm. same. Yeah. Um, 
her mom asks her to give Watson a chance, and Christy realizes that she's being a brat. Like her words this time, <laughs> it was her words. I, I love was being how a brat. she just admits it. <laughs> yeah. That night, she ends the summer officially with one last shooting star, and I'm just like, how <laughs> many damn one. meteors are going to show up in this book? <laughs> the end. I'm so glad that you you recommended that we read it. I, I really loved it, and I'm definitely going to read some more. I'm like fully converted. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, I really. They're really good. It. It really like got me. Like I didn't expect it to be as emotional um, as it was. I just thought it'd be like this fun book of these like teenage girls, but it actually had like depth and like emotion and oh, just and for being yeah. so simply written as well. Like it wasn't like yeah, yeah, it wasn't it was too like really, hardcore. Yeah, it was honestly. I'm definitely gonna read more. Definitely. All right, so let's do this this BuzzFeed quiz. Do you have yours oh, picked up? Yeah, hang on. We'll go through the questions together at the same time. <laughs> oh no, we're going to be crushed, Dustin. I want to be Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> well, this first question's not too bad, so we'll see. Okay, go on then. All right. Okay, question number one: Which position would you hold in your own babysitters club? So I think if it's my, ba- I would probably be the president. I would want to be the president. Mm, I think. I think I'd be the secretary because <laughs> that's just the, the kind of thing that I do, like organizing and typing and things. So I'm going to go secretary. Okay. So something, <laughs> the next question is choose something you'd add to your kid kit. So for those of you who don't know, they make these kid kits where they have like toys and games and stuff and arts and crafts so they can bring to the babysitting jobs and, you know, have something to do with the kids. Yeah. So the choices are a fun movie, friendship bracelets, board games, a book of mysteries, Legos, or slime. I'm so going to go with a fun movie. I'm going to go with Book of Mysteries. Oh, we like how we're picking different answers. This is going to be. I am too. <laughs> All right, we're going to choose a young celebrity we trust to join the Babysitters Club. So we have Timothy Chalamet, Lana Condor from All to All the Boys I Love Before, mm-hmm. Jojo Siwa, Amanda Stenberg. I'm not familiar with her. Um, I recognize her, so, but I can't picture. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, mm. Sophia Lillis, who was in It, and uh, mm. and Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. So I think I'm I'll probably go, go with Lana Condor. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna go Sophia Lillis. Oh, I like how we're going opposite here. That's gonna be funny though <laughs> if we end up with the same thing somehow. <laughs> All right, what are you doing after school on non babysitting club meeting days? So we have Model <laughs> UN, we have debate. We have dance committee, book club, ah. theater, and creative writing. Book oh, club. Theater for me. Okay. All right. A babysitting, uh, babysitter's club side character. We have Mimi, Karen, Logan, Lane, Janine, oh. and Esme Morbida Destiny. Watch the show. You'll know who these people are. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going okay. with Mimi. Oh, Karen or Mimi. Karen or Mimi. I'm going with Karen. Go for it. Going with Karen. Done. All right. A 90s teen. We got to pick one. An iconic 90s teen to join our squad. We have Lisa (laughs) Turtle from Saved by the Bell. We have Cher from Clueless. We have Tia Campbell from Sister to Sister. Linda Weir from Freaks and Geeks. Ashley Banks from Fresh Prince. And Sabrina from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
I'm gonna go with Sabrina. I'm gonna go with Cher from Clueless. Oh no, is that the last question? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the last one. All right, I got Claudia. Did you? <laughs> I got Claudia Kishi. Uh, I got Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got Mary Ann. Oh no, this is a fix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to retake this thing and choose something different. I'm just going to no. retake it till I get Mary Ann. <laughs> Christy. <laughs> Whoops. Oh well. <laughs> oh dear, no. no. Not happy about that, Dustin. I'm oh. sorry. Well, Shelly, I know that we don't have any kids to babysit together, but I'm glad that we met each other and that we became I'm friends. So and I'm so glad, too. I'm, we'll I'm, have our own little oh. virtual Stony Brook to meet up at. Yeah. Yes, so. definitely. I'm so up for that. We need to sort that out. <laughs> Everybody, you need to follow Shelly. She is at Tales Point Horror Book Club on Instagram. What's your Twitter handle? Um, so my personal Twitter handle is at Shelly Toy. Shelly with the C. <laughs> right. Um, and then my Tales of Point Horror is at Tales Point Horror Book Club. Good, good. So make sure you do that and you'll be able to follow her and you'll be able to read the Point Horror book she's reading for each month and, and watch her live yeah. Instagram chat about it and partake in that. And it's really fun. I've done it a few times. I haven't been able to read every book, but I've, I've done it a few times and it's been really fun. And I hope to, I'm hoping that we get to do one in the next few months. So yes, we'll, get, fingers we'll get to that soon. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait. That'll be really fun. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me, Dustin. Like, well, thank I'm, you for honestly, coming on. Thank you for like. I'm. I, I know I keep saying it, but I am a, a babysitter convert now. So thank you for introducing me. And yeah, thank you for having me again. Say hello to your new friends, Shelley. <laughs> Once again, I'd like to thank Robbie and Raj for their generosity and sponsoring for this month. Please check out my buymeacoffee.com slash Dustin Can Read to learn how you can become a sponsor and be mentioned on an episode as well. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read. You can also email me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes. Again, please consider giving a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It's just really nice to do for podcasters. It, it helps us get noticed, and it's just something, a way for you to reach out and show that you care. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Dustin can read. <laughs> <laughs>